0: This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening.
1: We now have a time of uh, scripture reading, so I'll ask Sister Gwen, who will be coming up to read to us God's Word today.
0: For those of us using the Church Bible, uh, it is on page 1149, 1 Corinthians 8. Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up, while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, wouldn't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister, for whom Christ died, is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Pass the time to Pastor Nick, who will explain today's passage to us.
2: Good morning, friends. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, please help us to understand it. Please help us to live it out in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, thank you. I attended a wedding a long time ago. I don't remember the food. I don't remember the music we played. I was one of the musicians. But I remember uh, one thing that the maid of honor said in her bride's uh, maid speech. So she looked at the groom and she said, you are very lucky. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, so this is, uh, yes. Okay. You are very lucky. Your wife is very smart. Her PSLE score is 272. Okay, so those of us who are under the, the new, or not familiar with this, uh, this older PSLE scoring system, the closer you get to, I don't know, 280, 300, the smarter you are. 272 can get you to any school uh, in Singapore. Now, why did this score stick in my mind? Because it's super high, super high compared to what, what I got. <laughs> now, we, that, that's how our society is. We rank, uh, we are ranked based on what we know. So when we are younger, we are ranked on uh, what we know to get in the schools we want. So we measure what we know based on the score we get. And when we get older, we are ranked on what we know uh, to get the job we want. And we measure how much we know based on your job experience, based on the training you have. And sometimes we even have this uh, ranking in our heads at church, and we rank uh, each other uh, based on uh, our our Bible knowledge. Like I don't know, can you like you can ask each other? Can you find where baboons are in the Bible? Yeah, they can't. Kind of if you can, then well, your 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 knowledge is up there. Okay, alright, so it's, it's, it's in the Bible, uh, it's either translated baboon or peacock, it's, uh, in, it's one of the animals that uh, King Solomon brought into his kingdom. Okay, there you go, now you'll know, now you know. So knowledge is a good thing, it's always good to know more about God. But what happens when you make this good thing the ultimate thing? And that's what uh, some of the Corinthians did. Yeah, so that Paul wrote this letter to address what happens when you make a good thing the ultimate thing. So they, they were a very proud church. Previously, uh, Paul corrected them for well, their pride in following different leaders. And then after that, Paul corrected them for their pride uh, in their views about sex. And today, uh, until chapter 10, Paul will be correct, addressing their pride from eating food uh, sacrificed to idols. So in, in, in chapter 8 uh, verse 10, what, what were they doing? So in chapter 8 verse 10, what they were doing is, they weren't just eating the food sacrificed to idols, they were eating this food inside uh, the idols' temples. So they looked like they were participating in, uh, in this temple rituals by eating the food. And the reason why they ate the food is, uh, in, verse, in verse 1, because they possess knowledge. So Paul deals with this knowledge uh, in chapter 8. So he says three things. So first he says, who you know is more important than what you know. Next, some know less than what you know. And third, therefore, don't stumble with what you know. First, who you know is more important than what you know. Let's look at verse one. Now, about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up, or love builds up. The first problem, so we have two groups of Corinthians. So there's one group who know. We call them the knowers. So these knowers, their knowledge puffs them up. How this works is something like this. So I talked about this book before. So this book called Selfie, uh, researches why people are so self-interested. Uh, so It talks about this research uh, in chimpanzee tribes. So you say in each chimpanzee tribe, there's always this alpha male, and there's a hierarchy of chimps under him. And the chimps are always scheming and plotting to, get this, uh, to, to defeat this alpha male to get the top spot. So the author of this book says that well, people are like that too. In whichever group we find ourselves in, we want to know where we are in this ranking, and we want to move up in this group. I mean, this, in church, well, one way to move up in, this, in the hierarchy is through knowledge about the Bible. So what makes, someone more, what makes someone puffed up is, if I know more than you, if I am better than you, then you must honour me more than other people. So for the Corinthian knowers, they show their great knowledge, they show how how great their knowledge is, how clever they are by eating food sacrificed to idols. And Paul Paul will say later that this has been discouraging for, for the weaker Christians and this doesn't build them up in love. Yet, What's more important is that God knows those who love Him. You see, the Corinthians got their priorities wrong. The Corinthians knows got their priorities wrong. So someone has said this, But knowing things can make our egos and our heads bigger. Loving people can make our brothers and sisters bigger. So if you're obsessed with knowing, then you may not know anything at all. So in verse 2, because they can't act in love, the knowers actually know nothing. So verse 2. but Let's see, verse 2. Those who think they know something do not know as they ought to know. What they need to know isn't whether they are allowed to eat food offered at temples or not. What they need to know is what God thinks about them or how how they are treating God. So the most important thing isn't what you know. Verse 3 says, the most important thing is whether God knows you. Verse 3. But whoever loves God is known by God. those who love God seem to be the, not the knowers, it's actually the weak Christians. They're doing what they can to obey God. So God knows them and God chooses them to his people. But not the Corinthian knowers. Corinthian knowers think what they know is more important than loving God. More important than having having this relationship with God, that God knows them where the God of the universe knows who they are. So if the knowers were more concerned about their relationship, uh, if, if, they, if they were more concerned about their relationship with God, then they would serve uh, their brothers and sisters that they know. They serve humbly because this great God would come to know this insignificant human being. And this is relevant for us to See, our relationship with the infinite God is the most important thing in the world. More important uh, than what we know is whether we love God and God loves us. So if if God knows us, then uh, there's no need for us to try to climb up this hierarchy. There's no need for other people to notice us because God notices you. The God of the universe knows you. There's no, need, there's no need to be concerned about whether someone else knows you, someone else sees what you, what you know, how clever you are. No, we don't need to rank each other based on what we know. So we can humbly give yourself uh, to helping others grow. We love God and help us grow. Friends, we're coming to the uh, end of the year. And so maybe it's time to reflect on, on this past year, and reflect on how you might serve God's people uh, in 2024. Because of what you know. Because what you know is less important than who knows you. Also, for the Corinthians, some people know less uh, than what you know. So, in verses 4 to 6, you see that the knowers have deep knowledge. See, these knowers, these Corinthians knowers, have good theology. Look at verse 4. Do you, you see what it says? So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. Idols are nothing. Idols have no existence because there is no God but the one true God. Therefore, all the other idols are empty fakes of the one true God. And the knowers know this. They agree with Paul uh, that there is one God in verse 4. And they, they, know, this, this, they know that this comes from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 or so in the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now this passage comes from it comes after a time when God's people witness God's powerful victory over all the gods of Egypt with plague after plague. So all these other gods are empty. So for Paul and the knowers, they understand this, they know that there is one true God. All other gods are fakes. Some time ago, I talked about the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Now this is a religion that people made up to mock the true God that we worship. So their God is this Flying Spaghetti Monster. Now, everyone knows that this Flying Spaghetti Monster is fake and empty. In the same way, that's, that, that's what idols are. That's what other religions are. The Corinthian Noahs are correct. they treat idols as empty figs, because there is only one true God. And from verse 5 to 6, you see that the Noah's theology is actually quite chim. You see, verse 5, for, for even if there are so-called gods, even in heaven, or whether in heaven or earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Now, here is where it gets complicated. You see, verse 4 says that there is one true God, but verse 6, okay, yeah, verse 6 says that in this one true, one true God, there are at least two persons. There's God the Father, and there's the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son. Verse 6 says, God the Father created all things, and we live for His glory. And God the Son, uh, verse 6 also says, there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. And uh, So God the Father created the world through Jesus Christ. And by believing in Jesus, you and I uh, have new life. It's not just, there's not just two persons in one God. There are three persons in one God. Later, Paul will put the Spirit on the same level as God the Father and the Son. So in this passage, the, the Spirit, the Son, and the Father all help us to serve one another, or equip us to serve one another in church. This chapter 12, verse 4. There are many kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit dis- distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. This Lord is Lord Jesus. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, and in everyone, there is the same God, God the Father, at work. Now, it's a mystery how there can be three persons in one God. Now, Our finite minds cannot understand the infinite God. Yet God reveals to us, He reveals Himself uh, to us through His Word so that you and I, we know from the Bible uh, who God truly is. And friends, this is what the knowers, the Corinthian knowers know. They have a true understanding of god they have a true understanding of the deep things about god but the knowers they don't live out their true knowledge yes the knowers would have, have happily uh, eat food sacrificed to idols but they are living for themselves see verse 6 they're still living, they live for, they're still living for god but they're not they're living for themselves and they're not living the life that jesus uh, want for them by his death and resurrection a life that loves the weaker Christians more than themselves. And they need to do that because some don't have that knowledge. So there are Christians with weaker consciences. So verse 7, but not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having, sacrificed, as having been sacrificed to a, to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is devout. So to these weaker Christians, eating food sacrificed to idols still means that they are participating in this ritual involving a real deity. So when they eat a food sacrificed to idols, their conscience accuses them. Now, what is conscience? Uh, There's this book that I read uh, about conscience. And this book says that conscience is the shiny, is, shining the spot, is the shining of the spotlight of, of your moral judgment back on yourselves, your thoughts, and your actions. The so conscience is like this moral compass to tell you whether you're doing something right or wrong, to, to accuse you of doing something wrong, to approve of you when you do something right. And we all have this. but Our conscience doesn't perfectly match our God's will. So for the weaker Christians, our Paul, has to, Paul clarifies for them that, in verse 8, that food doesn't bring us near to God, and we are no worse if we do not eat, we are no better than we do. Now, how we, need, how we should respond to those who are weaker is that we need to uh, teach them the Bible. That there is no real existence uh, behind the idols. There is one true God, and He is the one we worship. Uh, one time I, re- I visited a religious uh, CCA booth at a local university. And this, this, someone from this booth uh, came up to me and he told me that all religions are the same. They all teach you to do good. So That's what this person says. I, I also heard of other people telling me that well, all religions are the same because all religions actually worship the same God. It's just a different name. So this religion worships one God. This other religion worships many gods. But behind the religion, the God is still the same. As long as you are are sincere, it doesn't matter which God you follow. Now, some of us here might hold these views about uh, religion, about God. If if you look at verse, in our passage, verses 4 to 6, you see that the Bible doesn't agree with you. See, the Bible says that the world says Christ- all religions are the same. The Bible says Christianity is different. The Bible makes a strong claim. It says that all religions are empty. There's only You can only find God through Christianity. And that's not all. You see, the, all relig- all the world says that all religions worship the same God. The Bible says our idols are nothing. But there is No God, but one. So the statuses, uh, statues, uh, the religions, they are nothing. All other religions are empty. Now they they will teach you uh, some true things that the Bible teaches, just like uh, don't murder, uh, don't steal. But other religions, while they teach you these true things, what they do is they draw you away from the one true God They are deceiving you. They are pulling you away from the one true God. Friends, if you are not a Christian, you're here with us today, it'd be great if you can find out whether Christianity can hold up to such strong claims. Because the Bible says that the God of the Bible is the only true God and all others are nothing. So you may wish to pick up one of the Bibles on on the chairs to, to take home to read. In the coming month, uh, you can, can keep joining us because we'll be focusing on Jesus, on who Jesus is and why he came. He's the one that Christians worship. And I hope that you too can experience a true relationship with God so that God may know you relationally too. So what have we seen today? Now today, Paul is correcting the Corinthian knowers. He warns them, who knows you is more important than what you know and some know less than what you know therefore don't stumble with what you know don't stumble your brother this is the first the first command uh, in this chapter in verse 9 be careful that however that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak watch yourselves pay close attention to what you are doing Make sure that your knowledge doesn't stumble the weak. Now the knowers know uh, that idols are nothing, so they think idols are nothing. So eating food sacrificed uh, or offered, Id- offered to idols, it's also nothing. That's fine. Uh, but in verse nine, verse nine, you, you look at the word that they use. How are they describing this eating of? How do they think of this eating food and temples? They see it as they are right. They think it's an issue of rights. They think it's their right to eat this food in the temple. They don't care if they stumble others or not. They're only careful to do what they want. To exercise their right to eat food sacrificed in the, in the temple uh, yeah, to idols. So the weak are stumbled. Now how the weak are stumbled is, is uh, in verse 10. So what happens is uh, the person with a weak conscience uh, feels that Idols are real gods. And then he uh, sees the, the nobles uh, eating uh, food in the idol's temple. And then these weaker Christians will think that oh, it's okay to eat food in the temple. eats food in the temple too. And after, after he does that, or while he's doing that, his conscience accuses him for sin. And, and after that, he stumbles, so he has this guilty conscience uh, hanging over him. This is how, uh, this is how stumbling happens. Now, how, how to prevent this stumbling? What does Paul say? Paul says, well, watch yourselves. So what this means, at least this means at least two things. First, they'll know what their consciences allow. And don't eat food sacrificed to idols now for some people before they became christians uh, their families will, were destroyed uh, by an alcoholic family member so after they became christians uh, their conscience not allow still not allow them to take uh, alcohol but they might see some christians uh, going for drinks and then they think well if th- if this or this more mature Christian goes for goes for drinks maybe i can go for a drink so he, so he goes for a drink but after that, his conscience accuses him of sin. So it, instead of well, what the right thing to do is that we should know what the weak Christians or what their what their conscience allows them, and if, if their conscience doesn't allow it, then we don't take alcohol. Now, what happens if we persist in stumbling the weak? then you, de- you destroy his faith and you sin against Christ. Verse 11. So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. They are destroyed. Now the Doors may say, oh, it's okay to eat food offered to idols because idols are nothing. But they have caused their weak brother or sister to, to sin because their conscience accuses them of guilt. And this guilt can drive them away from church, away from Christ, away from life. So this Christian who's their brother and sister in Christ, this means that Christ died to save them from their sins, to include them in his family. So, for the, so the, only for the knowers to nudge the weak brother or sister off the cliff's edge, to destroy his faith. But the knowers have destroyed their own family. And that's not all, you see. The other effect is the knowers sin against Christ. Verse 12. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. The knowers sin against Christ. They act on correct theology. They have they know their stuff, but they sin against Christ. They rebel against Christ. So the knowers they masquerade as mature Christians with their knowledge, but they act, they behave as Satan's secret agents to destroy Christ's people. And what would God do to those people who destroy his people? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 16 and 17, this is, what, uh, this is what Paul says. Chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? and God's spirit lives among you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. So the knowers, they behave as the people who destroy God's temple. So the knowers, they are in danger of judgment, of being destroyed, or destroying God's people. So The knowers, they have done a very serious wrong, by, by their eating against their brother, and even against Christ. So instead of stumbling your brother, give up your rights for your brother. Verse 13. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Now meat in Corinth was likely already offered to the temple and then after being offered to the temple, it was uh, sold uh, commercially at a market uh, for people to buy. Uh, so it's likely that all the meat in Corinth had passed through uh, idol worship. Now, Paul will say that buying meat uh, from the market is not an act of worship to an idol. So it's okay to, it's okay to buy, it's okay to eat. Uh, so if uh, you look at First Corinthians chapter 10, two pages down, uh, verse 25. Okay, so this is uh, what Paul says about meat as sold commercially. Eat anything sold in a meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So It's okay to, to buy meat uh, at, a, at a market, even though perhaps it might have been involved uh, with temple worship. But if a brother's conscience says that meat at uh, the market is still tainted uh, with idolatry, and Paul knows that there's a brother who's like that, then Paul wouldn't buy the meat. Paul will go vegetarian forever. In verse thirteen, to prevent stumbling his brother or sister, now he would be the one who uh, brings his, bring his own salad to a barbecue where everyone is enjoying uh, chicken wings and and satay, and at, at a meat buffet where everyone is choking for the meat. He'll be hanging out at the salad bar. Now, all that to prevent stumbling his brother or sister. Friends, would you do the same for your brother and sister who Christ died for? Would you give up your rights for your brother and sister, just as Christ gave up his life for him or for her? Now, someone in my Bible study group said, okay, this means that if my brother doesn't see me eat food in the temple, then he won't be stumbled. So I can eat food to idols as long as no one can see that. Okay. Now still, uh, the Bible says still cannot. Because say so chapter eight, chapter nine, chapter ten is all about. It's all trying to say the same thing, but in different uh, from different perspectives. Don't eat food sacrificed to idols. So in chapter eight we saw that idol is nothing, but this doesn't mean that we can participate uh, in in temple practices by eating food sacrificed to idols. We'll come back again to this topic next year when we look at chapter 10. In chapter 10, uh, Paul says, no, but the sacrifices of of pagans, so food sacrificed to idols, are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Demons. So even though well no one sees you, well, offering joystick uh, in the privacy of your own house, that is an act of worship. And not to that, not to the idol, because we saw in chapter eight, idols are empty. But when you offer joysticks in the privacy of your own home, you are participating with demons. You are joining in with demons to oppose God. So chapter 8 to 10 does, tells us that well, we should not be participating in any uh, idol worship. So chapter 8 says you don't participate because you don't want to stumble your brother. Chapter 10 says you don't participate because you don't want to join in, in, demo- in the demonic to oppose God. Now friends, uh, your families may still expect you to be part of the rites of ancestral worship uh, because of a filial piety. So for those of us who believe in Jesus, you need to assure them with your actions and your words that God wants us to honour our parents. But God does not want us to treat our parents as God and worship them with wood, with joysticks, and with hell money. We will honour our parents. We will, and we, but we will worship God. We will not flip that. We will not... Worship our parents and oppose God. And friends, another thing to say about this is, uh, someone in my group also wisely said, well, this is a discussion, this is a conversation that, that must be made clear before a major event happens, like a funeral. Because at a funeral, uh, the family's grief uh, will make these conversations really difficult to have at that point. If you might face a, a similar situation in the future, now think about how you can be gentle, think about how you can be clear with your family uh, so that, uh, before you need to actually make that decision. So don't stumble other Christians with what you know. So who, who knows you is more important than what you know, and some know less than what you know. Therefore, don't stumble with what you know. I wonder if you have noticed, uh, it's not the weak uh, who, who need to change in today's passage. It's the knowers. It's those who got the best uh, scores for PSLE on Bible knowledge that have stumbled others. And th- those, it's those of us who know a little bit more than someone else. As some people say that Christians from churches that teach the Bible, we are very focused on knowledge, that we lack love. So, so much so that we don't bother with what other people struggle with. So friends, this is our danger. It's not just your Bible study leaders who are in danger. It's all of us here. So we, we need to hear the message of chapter 8. So when someone is, even when someone is struggling with something, we can care so much for our rights that we stumble them. And the the reason that we we stumble them is that our knowledge of God makes us proud. Our knowledge of God shouldn't make us proud. Our knowledge of God should humble us. That the infinite God who made the universe would want to know us relationally. And this causes us to humble us and cause us to serve other people with whatever little we may know about God. Friends, just last week, well, two children told me that they finished writing a 100 plus page book. Oh yeah from, from children's ministry, and they, they told me that they asked me uh, to put it online uh, so that other people read it. Now I don't have that kind of uh, online uh, presence, uh, but yeah, but I, I can share with you some things that they have said that I found uh, quite encouraging. First: Jesus is God's Son, and he's actually God. You may think that. It is weird, that is weird, but it is true. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one, God. These two children, they have some knowledge of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit right there. And why did they write this book? This is, this is why they wrote this book. We wrote this book to tell you why you should love Jesus, and why you should thank God in your prayers. They're using what little they know to try to build other people up. To love Jesus, to thank God. Friends, who's growing from your knowledge of God? Is it others in your love of God?
1: Or is it just your pride? Let's pray.
2: Heavenly Father, we praise you for nourishing us with your words of life. Please use this passage to continue a good work in us until it's complete at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Thank you Pastor Nick for the sermon. We now have, uh, we now have a time of reflection and discussion questions. Um, yeah, so the two questions that uh, are being brought up here is that the first question is, how do we know if we are proud because of what we know and second question is why is it wrong to stumble a christian with a weaker conscience okay so these are the two questions that uh, we encourage you to you know, discuss with the neighbors uh, your neighbors left and right or right, right? Uh, if you prefer to meditate um further on uh, today's passage you can also do so by uh, reading the bible uh, on your own right so we'll come back in three few minutes Okay, three minutes. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.